listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wire World Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here, we have Mr. Nick Beck. Hello, Mike. Hello, gentlemen. So good to see you this evening. And uh, I can't even really say next to him. I got to figure this out for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, below me on, on the window, <laughs> we have Mr. Brandon Birdside. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It's going great. And finally, not even on my left. I, I just wish I missed saying that so much. But finally, we have the Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. And Rob, this is uh, show 198. We're on show impressive. 198. 14 years. You want to hear something? April, this month, is our 14th year anniversary. Wow. How crazy is that? That is cr- and you're still here, Rob. Pretty darn crazy. <laughs> Sitting in the same seat. That's right. And then today we are honored to have a really special guest, um, a friend of mine that, you know, sometimes in life people come into your, just come into your life and then you just kind of click and you become really good friends. And that's what happened with this gentleman here. This is Mr. John Cirillo. He's a songwriter from Nashville and uh, he, he has an amazing story. We're going to visit with him, but he, um, He's a multiple award-winning songwriter. Uh, he does a lot of independence. He collaborates with everybody. You recently, you just, you just won a contest with one of your songs, right? You, right, John? Yes, we did. Yeah, I did. What song was that? It was uh, a song that uh, was called Lost Amen. And uh, we had, uh, with my co-writers, Troy Castellano and Sarah Spencer, I always want to make sure I get their names in there. And then you've also, what was your, your latest release that you just had with your, your co-write with? Um... Oh, Tori Martin. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so John has a really great story. And what's really cool is most of this kind of, this is like a, your songwriting is kind of a second career, right? It just kind of came. It's at least second, if not third or fourth. I haven't figured <laughs> that out. I haven't counted them up yet. Put it that way. But anyhow, we're gonna we're gonna talk to him a little bit about songwriting and collaboration because that's what this this podcast is gonna be all about collaboration. It's gonna be tools and tips and the process and um and that's why we brought John aboard because he collaborates with a lot of people. And so we want to find out how it is um collaborating now as opposed to collaborating before. So um we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get going, we have to give a big shout out to Dave Smith. It's his 70th birthday and the internet did a really great sequential has this really great video where a bunch of people said happy birthday, but uh, Dave's been a friend of the podcast. He's been on a couple of videos. He was the very first audio Nowcast spaces. So I just want to give a shout out to uh, Dave Smith. Happy birthday. And I think all the guys do. We'll start with Nick. Well, hello, Mr. Smith. Happy birthday. Here is one of uh, your beautiful synthesizers. This is a pro one from the 80s and it needs uh, some major love for me, but it will be getting it. I will be busting out the soldering iron and fixing this thing up. Happy birthday and thank you for everything that you do for the community. And Mr. Brandon Birdside. Hey, happy birthday, Mr. Smith. Here's my Prophet 12. Prophet 12. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mr. Rob Arbiter. Happy birthday there, Dave. I've got more of your gear than a sane human should, and I'm just surrounded by it here, but uh, there's many, many, many uh, pieces of your handiwork in my studio, and I couldn't get by without them, and glad to be your friend for decades, and uh, happy, happy birthday. I, I, come on, Rob, you got to give a shout out to that little yellow piece of goodness that's right there. Oh, right? yeah, everybody clamoring over the mofo here. Mofo. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite little thoughts. That's right. And... Uh, Yes, and so happy birthday, Dave, from the Audio Nowcast. And right, oh, right there, that's my, uh, right there, that's my Prophet Twelve, the last one ever made that you signed, that I love dearly. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, just want to say happy birthday to Dave Smith. Um, and I'm staring yeah. at a Prophet Five that still needs to have its keys aligned. Am I about forty years too late for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like forty-one now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right, so let's, let's get going. Um, 
one thing before we get into the, the processes, let's uh, right before the virus hit, um, Nashville got nailed with a tornado. And I just, you know, John's from, from Nashville. And John, just give us a little update as to, uh, you know, how that affected the, the music community and some of the places that, that got hit really hard. Well, I mean, it's, the tornado itself was, was really bad in East Nashville, which is kind of a, a cool kind of uh, rootsy kind of upscale, young, youthful area of Nash, East Nashville come up a long way in the last 10 years. And the, the area, the Five Points area where all the cool places were basically got blown away. And uh, North Nashville, which is uh, more of a lower lower income, but growing another one that's, that's uh, getting more and more expensive, but still more lower income was also pretty well devastated. And um, we, my wife and I volunteered the first Saturday afterwards uh, to just basically be canvassers and go from door to door in, the, in a, a very specific area to knock on the door and see if if people were home, did they need help? What were they needing help of? And then we we reported it, and then it was taken to a a, a main information uh, data center where they would then get the appropriate services. But the streets that we walked on, there was only one family home uh, that that they were doing okay. Every place else, whether it was a business or a house, was either red tagged and had like sides of the buildings missing. Uh, I think I sent you one picture. Uh, Mike of, of this basically just of a little storefront that had just one wall in it. and um, the a very iconic uh, venue called the East Basement that's been there forever was just t totally destroyed mm. and um, a lot of the a lot of the people that lived there uh, a friend of mine who's a co-writer of mine he he lived there and he he I was over there a few the day of because that hit that night, and then I was over there about a week later when we were talking throughout the week about how he was doing, and his, his he was okay, and he said I wasn't really concerned too much about the the tornado until I walked like two streets over where it was total devastation the entire street. His his street was pretty much there, and he lost a piece of a fence and a little bit of a roof, so it was pretty bad, and. Uh, but the volunteering that I mean, it's, Tennessee really earns its its uh, its nickname of the volunteer state because yeah. turning people away the day we were there, there just wasn't enough. There were too already so many people there doing helping out. But then the virus hit, and you know we're in that. My wife and I are in that age group. I hate to say it, where you know that's a dangerous place to be out mingling with other people, and so. Just within a couple of weeks of the tornado hitting, a lot of the volunteers had to drop out because of that. I mean, you can't take the risk. So it slowed down a lot. Man, we just really got to keep Nashville in our thoughts because, yeah, they're suffering from the double whammy. And the pictures that you sent me were just, they're just heartbreaking and it's just incredible. And the thing about Nashville is, yes, it is a very tight-knit community. I've really, since I've, I've been shooting there and filming there a lot, I've just really have this, I, I just, you know, I have a really soft spot in my heart for Nashville because the people are so great and it's just such a wonderful area. Um, but, um, but thank you for giving us that update, man. And if, you know, if you can, you can go online and there's a lot of Nashville things that you can, uh, you know, if you can, you know, um, help them out with any kind of donation or whatever, but it's such a, I mean, it's such a crazy time because everybody could, it's just so crazy. I mean, it's just talking about a natural disaster while we're living in this pandemic world. It's just, it's just insane. So I can only imagine being over there and having to deal with all this stuff. Anyway, well, um, you know, I met John. Um, he, I was at the Bluebird Cafe and uh, uh, one of his partners that he wrote with, um, a gentleman by the name of Dan uh, O'Rourke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See, I told you I was bad with him. He was playing with uh, with some other people, and uh, it was just a really, it was a fantastic show. It was my first time ever being at the Bluebird. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, but it's just 
it's just a great venue. Anyhow, to make a long story short, afterwards you can just kind of interact and talk with all the different artists that played. And uh, and so Dan introduced me to John, who's his partner. And we just kind of hit it off, and we've been in touch back and forth. And um, I worked on a documentary where I needed some songwriters, and John just so happened to have some songwriters. And so I went over there, and we actually shot part of it over at his, his house, and it was just very generous. And um, but he writes with a lot of people and he, he writes music with a lot. So we're going to talk a little bit about collaboration right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with you, John. Um, what kind of process do you use now to, to collaborate? Cause you're still writing with people, right? Cause I've called you a couple of times and you said, uh, yeah, you know, I'm in a writing session, unless that was a lie. You just didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a handy one if I need it, but no, no, I was not. Um, What's your process like right now? Well, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, when when we first kind of got shut down, there were some of my uh, songwriter friends that were still going out and playing. The younger guys, who you know, we kind of, some, you know, we, as we're getting to understand this more, we realize how not healthy that was for them to be doing that. But so many of them are relying on that income, and uh, but we had we had I had co-writes lined up all for the next couple of weeks and basically we all just decided that I, I you know my wife and I especially we weren't going to have people over and I wasn't going to be going over to anybody's house for a while and uh, it, it really did only take a few extra days before everybody was on the same page with that so um, we, we can't a lot of cancellations that first week I, I Skype right um, it's not my favorite way to do it, but uh, with some, I write with a few people in Canada and in different parts of the country where that's how you do it. And so I'm, I'm used to it and I'm okay with it. Now, when you say, when you say you write, can you, can you talk us through um, what is a writing session with you? Do you work on lyrics? Do you both collaborate on music? Do you have a guitar? They have a guitar and you both throw out chords. How, what's that process look like to you? Uh, you know, it, it's almost a little different with each little group. It's, I, I kind of liken it to a chemistry set. You know, you pour one one chemical in here and one and then another one in there and another one, and and maybe it does nothing and it's inert. But on another beaker, you pour in three more chemicals and all of a sudden it flows. And that that's kind of what it's like for me is you just don't know um, how the, what's going to mix. Uh, until you get in the room with these people and then you kind of develop these relationships where you kind of have an understanding of how it's going to work. And with some, like with Dan O'Rourke, as you mentioned, Dan, Dan doesn't write with a whole lot of other, other writers. He's very good on his own. He's got a couple other writers he works with and he and I have written a lot. And uh, Dan usually will come with an idea and, and probably a piece of the melody at, at least. Um, I, I'm more of a lyric guy because I think you and I have talked about this. I'm kind of steeped in the uh, Jim Croce, Gordon Light, James Taylor music, which I love. And when I write stuff, it usually sounds kind of 70s-ish. And uh, I still like to write music, but I rely on the young kids to really make it relevant, the music relevant. And, and uh, so I, I really like to jump in on, on lyrics. And uh, there's another... Uh, couple that I just got done writing with uh, Nicole Lewis and Sam Gyllenhaal. We Skype, we Zoomed right. That was the first Zoom right we've had. Huh. And we all said we should have bought Zoom stock about three weeks ago. We would have been doing really well. Um, and, to, and Sam almost always brings a melody. And then we, we banter around the hooks. We all look at our little hook books that we've got floating around, throw stuff out. And... Um, if it, you know, once you can kind of feel that everybody's into that particular hook idea, uh, then we get down to writing it. And um, again, each each little combination of writers, it's a little different on how it's driven. Um, and you kind of follow along, and especially if you're like me, who's a writer writing with artists, you, you really need to honor the artist. And you know, you could drive a lyric up to a point, but if they say, listen, I wouldn't say it that way, this is how I would say it, even if it's not how I would say it, I have to honor that, especially with Dan. I learned a long time ago just how something I wouldn't normally say sounds great coming out of his mouth. And I go, okay, it works. It works really good for him. 
So that's kind of the process. We all contribute. You know, someone's a little stronger in melody, someone's a little stronger in um, chord progressions or uh, different chord changes, someone's stronger in lyrics, and then we just kind of put it all in the melting pot and see what we come up with. Wow, that's a that's a true collaboration. So, from what I understand, what you're telling us you were already doing some some of um, internet collaboration anyhow. So it's like you're kind of used to the workflow of not having that person right next to you and kind of going back and forth. I find that pretty pretty interesting. Um, have you had to change a little bit now that you write with writers that you wrote, you know, that you brought into your place? But now that you can't do that, I mean, is it a little weird doing that now? A little weird. It's 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 not as you know we're all friends now, and it's it's kind of like you and 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 your friends here. You know, you're you're looking at them on little screens on your on your uh, on your monitor instead of them being in the room with you, and it's cool, but it's just not quite the same. And especially you know we've kind of gone we started trying Zoom because with Skype there was usually a little bit of a delay. Sure. You can never you can't two people can't be you know talking at the same time or one playing guitar and one singing that's true i'll tell you something about our little group it's a known fact that through zoom rob is 20 percent less funny seriously if we were all in the same room he'd be 20 percent funnier (laughs) (laughs) there's just something about there's a certain je ne sais quoi about being in the same room with rob along with Tell me about it. I'm in the same room with me all the time. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. So you do a lot of Zoom, a lot of Skype. Hey, I'm going to open it up to the other guys. When you're collaborating right now, um, Nick, I know you do a lot of collaboration. Brandon, I know you work uh, in isolation a lot. <laughs> um, we heard about Scott and, and how he collaborated from the stage. And then Rob, um, I know you do a little bit of both. But let's start with you, Nick. Like, what, what, how is the collaboration process now that we're in a couple of weeks into it? A couple of weeks. Sure. Well, it's just so it's so interesting hearing John's commentary on the um, on the process of of writing songs, you know, from an artistic perspective, right? Because I remember, you know, being in bands from the time that I was, you know, eighteen until my late thirties, and neither I nor any of the other members of the band had the emotional maturity to be able to do what it is that you're talking. I love the look on John's face. We didn't have the emotional maturity to be able to work in a truly collaborative way. And so the result of that was that, you know, 80% of the time I'd write all the music and then, you know, get, and then have battles over the meanings of the lyrics and that kind of stuff. And it was just a, it was, you know, as I look back on it now, it was a very childish way to behave. And I guess that's what you do when you're in a band and when you're young. Now, of course, things are totally different. Um, there is a uh, another member of my department at Disney who's a composer. His name is Billy Martin, and he's an amazing um, film composer, and he's a great jazz musician. He plays flute, he plays saxophone, he sings really well, he plays guitar. He's just the complete triple threat, and mostly, He's just a fabulous uh, orchestrator, particularly for symphony, you know, for symphonic orchestral music. He um, lives in Orange County. And so the two of us actually at Disney have been collaborating via email and Slack and things like that for several years now. So, and it's worked out very well. You know, it'll very much be some collaborative thing where, you know, I'll start something and then I'll send it over to him because he had better samples than, than what I had at Disney. And so he would, you know, put in some really great sounds and just really, you know, tart it up and then put some live flute on top of it. And all of a sudden it's magic, right? It's just wonderful. And so that aspect of things I found works really well. Um, but now, of course, as a result of, all, of us all being, you know, uh, sent into our little hidey holes, now that's the process with everybody. And so it's a whole day of being on Zoom or yeah. on being on Slack and yeah. working with different people in different, in different ways along those lines. And it feels pretty comfortable to me. I don't like it as much as actually being in a room with somebody else playing music with me at the same time. I love that, but that's not the reality right now. That's just not the reality right now. That's so true. And then, you know what, when you were telling me the story, I just got to ask everybody, how many bands do you think have 
broken up because of songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember the bands that I was in. Oh my gosh, I was so immature. Everybody was immature, and and when you tried to write songs with the, with your bandmates, <laughs> that was. That was the worst. If I said all of them, would that be accurate? <laughs> That's probably, it's probably true. It's probably true because there's some big groups that I know have broken up because of, of credit on songs and, and divisions on stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. That's probably what does a lot of them in. Anyhow, Brandon, what about you? Collaboration. What about any kind of tools or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, sure. My, uh, well, my trailer music and sound design, I'm solo, but I just started working with an old bandmate on an album just for fun of just, you know, it's a nice time where, you know, we, we have our careers and now we're like, we're not going to do this music, like trying to make money and be in the music industry. We're just doing it for fun. And it's probably going to be better than <laughs> any of my solos, my personal music I've done before. But And you're going um, to break up once you start writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the way we're doing it now, I mean, he lives in Santa Clarita. I'm in Burbank. So it, again, yeah, it's just, you know, throw stuff up on Dropbox, a shared folder and he creates a song, throws it up there. I take it, tweak with it, throw it back. He does something with it. It's just a back and forth, you know, and we see, to see where it goes. Hey, Rob, uh, before, yes, before you answer, uh, I just got to, I, I just want to look at the picture because Rob's sitting in the Audio Nowcast, around the Audio Nowcast table. He yes, is I am all by myself. I miss that place. I miss it so much. Well, I'll be it. back. We'll all be back here together again at some point. I know. Actually, you know what? I think we've had, this, do... we've had this table way too long to not use it again together. Yeah, fourteen years. <laughs> no, wait. It was thirteen years because it took us six months to get the table, like everything That's else at that time. Wrong. <laughs> um, so, Rob, talk about your collaboration and what and some of the stuff that you're doing and and some of the tools that you're I mean, working on. I've collaborated a ton over the years on all kinds of projects, but if you're talking about songwriting, I mean, songwriting is a really touchy thing because there's a level of trust that has to be there. Right. And, uh, <laughs> excuse me. And that trust is not always so easy to come by. And I've written with experts who really have their act together. And I've written with beginners where I've almost had to teach them from scratch how to write songs. And I've actually had some of my biggest successes, you know, at least billboard chart wise with groups that were like that, where, they had to sort of learn from zero. So we had trust because I had taught them from zero. Uh, but, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work to build up the trust when you're sitting in the next room. So it's way, way, way harder to do that over an internet connection. Uh, so I have not been collaborating with anyone in the last few weeks since the pandemic started. But uh, at this point, like, I think anybody I'd be collaborating with, I'd, I'd feel most comfortable having it be someone I've already worked with in person or virtually, because it's just really hard to build that trust. And especially with songwriting, because songwriting is a very vulnerable thing. You have to be willing to put out an idea and have the person you're writing with just not like it and have to tell you honestly, they don't like it and go back and forth until you come up with something you do like. You really have to kind of bear your soul and it's, it's a really vulnerable place to put yourself in. And I don't know, I think that, I wouldn't want to start a songwriting relationship with a beginner over Skype. Let's put it that way. You know, that's so true. What you brought up and what John brought up too is like, there's a certain emotional maturity that you have to have to be a, 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 real, a real successful collaborator, especially in songwriting, because you got to be able to say that that sucks. You know, you know what I mean? That well, and it's trust. It's, like trust that. it's trust that if someone tells you they don't like something, it's because they're trying to do something great, not because they're just trying to cut you down. Yeah. Well, and... and and you have to feel free to screw up and free to fail. And what John was saying too about if you're working with an established artist, I mean, you really have to, you know, even though you may be bringing the best song in the world to them, you have to take them into consideration and, you know, really cater it to them it's not your song it's, yeah it's, it's my, their song honestly my experience with really 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 major artists <laughs> who i've written with is you bring them a song and they put their name on it <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully hopefully they put your name on a big fat check and everybody everybody lives to write another day Rob, uh, you actually write superstition is that what you're telling me right now <laughs> honestly say of all the people i work with stevie is one of the few i've never written a song for but I've written songs for lots of other artists where 
you wouldn't know I wrote the song, but you know what? That's just <laughs> part of the game in, in uh, the songwriting biz. Uh, and it can be a, a lucrative part of your career, or at least it used to be back when the music industry had budgets. I mean, <laughs> Rob, I'm going to brag about you a little bit, but you, you wrote with Michael Jackson. I mean, and that was when Michael Jackson was on fire back in the day. That is true. So I remember uh, going over to your other studio and you were saying, oh yeah, Michael Jackson, you know, sang blah, 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 right here. And we all looked at it like, really? <laughs> no, I always used to tell people, it's not where I'm living now, but uh, where I used to live, he used to come and, and work out choreography on my kitchen floor, <laughs> which seems surreal even to me. I mean, we'd be writing and he would want to work out choreography while we were writing together. But actually, he was a lot more collaborative than a lot of the other big artists I've written. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say written with or written for. It's more written for. He, he was actually very involved. Well, that's great. Well, hey, um, you know, now that we're into this new um, era of collaboration, I think the most important thing when you're going to collaborate with somebody is make sure you have a good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's just start right there. That's like the main thing. There's a lot of resources online that you can go to. Um, uh, you know, if you want to really start doing some serious collaboration, you know, if you use Pro Tools, obviously they have Avid, the cloud, all that stuff that's built into their Pro Tools. Um, but to be honest, I've never used that feature. Anybody here use that feature of Pro Tools, the, the cloud collaboration? Because usually if I'm going to collaborate with somebody, I'm sending WAV files back and forth and then doing it that way. Because I think when you collaborate, um, not songwriting necessarily, because songwriting is, is such a, an important thing, but when you collaborate, let's say you're working on music or whatever, sometimes you got to let your partner just go and do his part, right? You don't want to, you don't want to be over their shoulder. You kind of let them do their part and then you guys come back together. I find that really helps a lot of the, the, the friction that can develop is because, you know, you never know if this guy's going down in, in a, a, a certain way and all of a sudden he's going to be like, oh man, that really sucks on his own before you even telling him that's not good, right? You got to give your partner a little, a little room sometimes. What do you guys think? Oh, definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. Making things less precious, I think is a good tip because when you're young and you're just first writing stuff, everything's like, oh, this is my song. You know, it's great. I don't want to fuck it up. But now it's just like, take this, fuck it up, do whatever you want with it. Send yeah. it back to me. I'm going to fuck up what you do. And by fuck up, I mean, do something interesting with it and, you know, yeah. just mess with it and see where it goes. Great, Brandon. I now have to put explicit on this podcast. Brandon took over Scott's job. of. Uh, <laughs> I know. You know. The thing that it's such a shame that it doesn't really work, particularly now, is the online jamming stuff. Because oh, yeah. the latency just makes it impossible to, to do something musically. But wouldn't it be awesome if, if, if the, the Wi-Fi was actually fast enough that we could sit down and A, hear each other all, you know, in, with the same level of sound quality that we're hearing here in the room, and B, to be able to play guitar and bass and, and drums and have it be in time. That would be, that would be a dream come I true. I mean, you can you know, a little like, bit with, like, Source Connect. That's a pretty fast connection. It's just... A little expensive for most people you know source connect is gnarly because you have to actually have copper it doesn't yeah. work without an ethernet connection right so yeah. you know that right off the bat makes it difficult and it's ex expensive and it's a yeah. pain in, you know what to, to i mean it, it, you're right it's fast but it is kind of a pain in the butt and I've, uh, I've heard some terrible live bands that had worse latency than source connect <laughs> <laughs> totally possible by the way i don't know if you guys have seen this, but this made me laugh out loud, just talking about how people are collaborating and you know making uh, group calls with Zoom and Team and Skype and all these things. Uh, there's a woman, have you seen this? A woman was doing a, a teleconference I, I, with her employees I, I, I and know. she suddenly turned on a, a filter and turned herself into a potato <laughs> and didn't know how to turn it off. I'm, I'm sure you can Google it and find it, but it's hilarious because you see the look on her face as a potato and she's just resigned to being stuck as a potato because she can't turn the filter off. I thought you were going to tell the one of the group collaboration where the, the, the woman goes into the bathroom. not knowing. Oh, no, I video. saw that one too. No, this potato <laughs> one for some reason just absolutely kills me every time. I would see that one. I got I to gotta look that up online. Look, you'll be able to find I think it was a Microsoft team uh, call. 
Uh, but anyway, well, like we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to do uh we're gonna have to do a podcast where we're all a different vegetable. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to turn them on, but it'd be great. I know how to do virtual backgrounds, but anyway, uh, <laughs> and apparently my virtual background now turned into Samson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh podcast stuff um but yeah so collaboration i just want to you know you guys when you're out there and you're collaborating just be mindful um listen to the stories everybody we all have stories of of collaborating it's a brand new world so i'd be curious to see what kind of tools are really taking off zoom is taking off but you know what zoom there's you know the the audio quality is eh, and and it's so funny you know a lot of musicians are live streaming right now, right? A lot of musicians are putting their stuff online and there's some really entertaining ones. There's some really good ones, but man, there are some really bad ones out there. Like bad. Like if you're going to take the time to, to stream, if you're going to take the time to put your talent out there, know this number one, a lot of people are probably going to watch it obviously more now than before because the people are looking for stuff. So you want to put your best foot, out there you want to put the best thing so you know it wouldn't hurt to to do a little lighting it wouldn't hurt to to work on your uh on your microphone don't for goodness sakes do not just sing into your computer unless that's all you got because it's not really easy to get some of this stuff right now but i mean just put your best foot forward i don't know if any of you guys have seen some really bad live stuff but i've seen some pretty bad live stuff for some pretty major stars and i'm like I, I still don't have a great idea how much of a difference the better audio interfaces make. Like last week I was just talking into my computer, but this week I hooked up because uh, I'm using your mic at the podcast table. Does it sound better than a computer? I mean, you, you might sound, you sound better to me than the guys who are talking just into the computer. Yeah. I mean, it sounds better. It sounds like there's a little feedback loop that I, you know, in your, in the process coming out, hitting us back. Yeah, And I'm hearing phasing on you too. And it, the weird part is it's going left to right in my headphones, which is crazy because it should be mono. <laughs> so anyway, but other than that, it, I'm it's, just curious, what it's, interface are you going into though? For me, I'm using the uh, Zoom H6. I'm just using my Zoom recorder uh, oh. and I'm, I'm feeding everything into that. And, and I'll tell you why, because my interface is in Nashville. <laughs> oh, really? so, so when this whole thing went down, I'm like, how am I going to do this? And then, uh, and, and then my little adapters over at the podcast. So um, I was like, how, how's this going to work? And then I realized that the H6 can also be an audio interface. So I just hooked up my H6. And then I, to get the theme song, I'm using uh, an iPhone, a spare iPhone, that I'm, that I'm going into channels three and four of my H6. So just, you know what? It's the whole, it's the whole tour mentality this is when touring really came through because you know rob as well as sometimes you go out there on tour and on the road and something breaks down and you have to figure out how to make it work (laughs) well and i I think the world is going to realize you can buy really really inexpensive interfaces for your computer and it'll just make it sound that much better because i agree i've heard some live performances where you could tell if it was like just plugged into a hundred dollar box instead of straight into the computer it would actually be presentable that's the thing, man. Just anything other than just going straight into your phone or into your, your computer is just going to be a little bit. And even this, you know, the thing with Zoom is has an auto limiter on it. So trying to find out where the sweet spot is to run music and stuff like that um, is always a challenge. But I do know that they're working on, you know, there's going to be other Zooms coming out there. Believe me, this is just, it's going to be this, you know, you had WebEx and you have all these other things and now we have Zoom, but somebody's going to make the next version just a little bit better and it's just going to keep getting a little bit better. So it'll be there. But especially with this stuff, you know, I would check to see if your audio interface can work. I mean, if you're like digital recorder can work as an audio interface. It's amazing what you can use as an yeah, audio interface. Yeah, a lot of interface. them can. So, um, so that's how, that's, how that's, that's coming. But anyhow, yeah, like just if you're going to go out there and you're going to go live just go under the assumption that even if you only have like, you know, 13 friends like I do on Facebook, you know, there's a reality that this could actually like go out to, you know, millions of people. Just, just, you know, so always put your best foot forward when you're, when you're doing that kind of stuff. I'm okay, not going to. Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of my, my co-writing friends are doing that. They're doing live streaming with, with uh, most of them are sounding, sounding okay. Uh, you know, a lot, uh, but if, is there like for the low tech people on a small budget, is there an audio interface that you think would be 
decent for that for someone for these these guys? Yeah, if you, you know, uh, one that comes to mind is the Focusrite Scarlets. Any of those? They have several different um, versions, and they're inexpensive. And when I say inexpensive, like a hundred hundred bucks or so, maybe hundred and fifty. I mean, that's that will really get your your sound quality up and they're for what they are they're pretty dang good they super low latency you can do self-monitoring on them there's a lot of really little um things that you can you can do and especially if you're a singer songwriter and you're jamming with a guitar and you want one channel your guitar one channel your your microphone or something like that it it really helps that you can monitor what you're what's going out so that you can don't have that latency and then also you know as well as as anybody like when you hear yourself your pitch just really helps on the whole pitch thing so so that's that's i would re- i would recommend that i'm sure there's a bunch of other ones though but that's the only reason why i know about the scarlet because i have scarlets and and uh, they've been- and, and some of them are some of them are good for hooking to a computer some you can just hook straight to an ipad or an iphone yeah yeah the the ipad Absolutely. There's, there's uh, a lot I, of, really I used an Apogee duet for a really long time. Is there a duet's great? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've got, um, now with core audio on your iPad, there's a, there's a lot of interfaces that just work with the Mac that'll work on your, on your iPad with not a problem at all, especially the iPad pros. Yeah. You just need the adapter. Yeah. Hey, so I've, uh, I've got a pretty cool phone story, phone recording story. Um, if we've got, if, if we can go down this road for another couple of minutes. Sure. Um, so uh, at work, um, uh, as you can imagine, there are a lot of very talented people that work at Disney and not all of them, you know, just in music. And at work, I am the music director of a campus choir that we have in which we've sang, you know, we, we've performed repeatedly and we're, you know, it's, it's, there are people in the choir, you know, who, who are, um, you know, legal assistants who have a formal training in opera, that kind of thing, right? Uh, and some people are just good singers. So um, everybody came home, and I can tell the story now because by the time this is print, you know, by the time this podcast gets posted, it'll be out in the world. But we Which will went- be tomorrow. Yeah, well, well, it'll be out in the world tomorrow. Okay, good. So uh, we went, uh, the, the, the vocal director and I, um, wanted to try to do something to raise everybody's spirits. And we'd seen a couple of these other internet videos, including one from the Rotterdam uh, Symphony, where, where they were all playing the Ode to Joy together. And it, uh, I was in tears watching it. It was so beautiful. And so we decided that we were going to do a Disney song along these lines. And so we, did a, we're, we just did an acapella version of You've Got a Friend in Me. And what we did was, you know, we, we sent out the PDFs of the music to everybody. And of course, people didn't have, you know, nice equipment, but I told everyone, all right, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to take your iPhone, you're going to put it in landscape mode, you're going to put it, you know, between 12 and 18 inches away from your mouth. And then, you know, you're going to turn it on, make sure that you put it on a tripod or something and have yourself not against a window. I mean, I gave them all of the basic ideas. And then everybody sang along, you know, they sang along with the backing track that we had, you know, just a MIDI, a MIDI track. And then they sent, everybody sent their videos to me. And I've spent the last week first editing all the videos together and putting them together in Reaper, which was great, other than the fact that not everybody sang everything exactly right on the beat. So I had to do more vocal editing than I wanted to. And then once I finished that, I took that and I took all the videos and I put them all together in DaVinci Resolve. And so now you've got, you know, this wonderful, wonderful piece that's just cuts from person to person to person to the basses to the sopranos to the altos to the tenors to everybody so um it it was it was a a, it was my way to be able to try to create something to lift the spirits of the world that much oh that that is fantastic what what's it called so when we look for it I haven't posted it yet because I finished it three hours ago and I was going to wait until they actually pre premiere it at Disney tomorrow. Okay. But go to the under the big tree website, you know, the under the big tree YouTube channel Yeah. and just look for, you've got it. You've got a friend in me. You'll find it. Oh, I can't wait. That how many people, fantastic. How many people got involved? Uh, one, two, about a dozen to 12 to 14. Nice. Wow. That. So, um, and I got the fun of, uh, there was also, a, it, so it was for acapella for soprano, alto, tenor, bass, 
And then it also um, had a bass part, right? Which I initially played on the electric bass and then said, you know, that might be much more fun if we do it as a vocal. So I got to do bum, ba-dum, 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 and That's it's great. so sweet. It's so, it's, 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 it's absolutely adorable. That's great. I can't wait to see it. I, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll post a link to that once it comes out on, on our, on our website. As soon as I post it. That's fantastic. Hey, so uh, before we wrap up, um, which is this podcast, which is really fun. And as you know, we're going to be podcasting um, every week, every Thursday. And the podcast will come up every, uh, come up every Friday because I have no excuse. <laughs> what else am I going to do? Uh, but I wanted to, you know, I noticed something about myself and I wanted to open this up that now that we're in the whole lockdown and the whole coronavirus thing, I'm doing little things different that I, I just, these weird little habits that I just kind of developed. And, and I'll tell you about that, but I'm going to open it up to the rest of the, everybody out there. But like, for instance, two things that I, that I, that I've never done before. Um, like in order for me to work at my house and in, in order for me to get work done, I find I have to, um, I have to dress up. I can't be in my casual clothes. I just have to, I have to make a definitive something that breaks between just hanging around and, you know, in shorts. And then when you get dressed and, and to do work and it's just, I, it's super important when I'm really serious that I have to, I have to like, you know, I don't know, dress for success or just have to be like, like at work. And, and I just, cause it just helps put me in that mode. And, and before I could be super cash and just kind of go in there and just get knock something out. Cause I know I was going to the studio or whatever, but now since I'm just confined here, I have to be like, Boom, I have to I have to do that. The second thing is is um <laughs> I'm not a drinker at all. I, I don't have any alcohol in the house and uh and I was craving a martini <laughs> because like I'm like a social like I'll go out and like if we do a shoot or like last time I went to Nashville, there's a really nice speakeasy and after the shoot we all go over there and stuff. But I don't I don't have any alcohol in my house, but all of a sudden I had this craving for a martini, <laughs> which was so weird. So, so weird. But anyway, I just want to open it up to you guys. Have you done anything or noticed anything, just small, quirky things like that, that, that has happened? Funny. It's funny that you said that because I've never had a drink in my life, but I, a few days ago, came up with the idea for a quarantini. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'd be the big drink right now. I don't know what's in it. The base is Belvedere Vodka. I'll tell you that right off the bat. <laughs> I'll give that to the universe. Just give me. <laughs> uh, I totally agree with you. I don't, I, I, I rarely drink. And since this whole thing started, I've had a drink virtually every night, a beer <laughs> a glass of or something. And it's the same kind of thing. It was just never important to me. But man, I, I think that we are all, I think we're all reacting to the horrible stress and, and the uncertainty and the insanity of the world that we're living in right now by trying to self-medicate, you know? I mean, I just think that it's a natural thing at this point. Or, or, or something different. For me, it's just like, just something to remind me of like doing other things. Like, I think, I think the whole cocktail came from, actually from Nashville, um, Patterson House. You ever been there? John, have you ever been to no, the No, I haven't. Have you heard of it? It's, a, it's just this really cool speakeasy. And it's just whenever we go shooting and work out of, of uh, doing any filming out in Nashville, we always go there in the, in the evening. So it's like, I don't know. I just wanted something to remind me of, I don't know, better times or something like that. But Brandon, what about you? Any, any weird little quirky little things that are not alcohol related? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got my wine right here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right about the uh, getting dressed and stuff. It, it, and it's it's putting your uniform on to go play your, your game, you know, is what it is. And it's like, I, I do the same sometimes. But oddly enough, it's, I'm pretty comfortable in, you know, in t-shirts and sweats in my studio. But it's like, if I'm going to sit down and do admi the administrative side of my business, I got to shower and like put on, you know, something more proper because I don't feel, <laughs> I don't brain good when, my, when I'm not dressed up, you know. It's like you feel, you got to get in that mood to do that kind of stuff. Right. How about you, John? Anything? Any weird little little thing? You know, it's it's funny. I am 
I, I before I was a songwriter, I, I had a, a business out in, in uh, well, originally in, in Chatsworth and then up in Santa Cruz for several years. And I was so used to working alone and getting up and having kind of a routine that I, I until I had an office, I just worked out of my house by myself. And I'm always very comfortable with that. So it's been interesting that it hasn't changed much for me, except now I don't have people coming over to write. The, the only thing I've really noticed is when, when I do go out, like we, we do have to go every now and then. You, you, got, you caught me at a Costco today. And uh, I hate to do that, but I, you know, we needed a few things. It's just this awareness of space of people around you and, and how you're, you know, you're trying to steer your cart in a different, you know, away from anybody coming towards you. And then these people who, who don't honor that, and they just come zipping by you and, you and you're thinking, my, how, you know, how dangerous is that? And, and you know, two weeks ago, it was no big deal. To me, it's being outside is where it's, you know, you're walking your dog and you see someone coming and you immediately go across the street so that there's and you smile and wave and talk to each other but it, it's all that distance going on that's the weird thing for me you know that's so true uh, i had a friend of mine who sent me a text she sent me a, a check-in text you know just check it in to see how you know how's life coming along and i wrote her my reply was it's good getting used to the new normal life without weekends time being a suggestion and everybody is out to kill you <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 that's our new normal. Hey, Rob, what about you? Any weird little thing? Yeah, I mean, and actually I have to say most of the weird stuff is, has been in the grocery store because that's the only place I am other than home. But like a week ago, I was home alone and I sneezed and I gave myself a dirty look. Like, <laughs> and if you were in the grocery store right now and somebody sneezed, you would just, I mean, you think it's like an, an attempt on your life. <laughs> Bring yeah, the disinfection squad over to the paper towel area. <laughs> I was I was uh, at the grocery store earlier today, and it was actually kind of hilarious. There's like thirty little old ladies wearing bandanas. It looks like you know the Keystone Cops bank robbers or something, all pushing their carts <laughs> as fast as they can, trying to grab whatever they can grab. Meanwhile, the store has everything. They were low on toilet paper, but they had some. But you know, everybody's there, sort of in a semi panic. Yeah. And, you know, I'm all for being as cautious as makes sense. But also, if you look at the statistics and look at your actual risk of, of getting it right now, if you just don't do anything stupid, you know, there's a bit of an overreaction. I guess that's better than an underreaction. But I only see it when I go out to the grocery store, which is the only place I go. Yeah, it's... I'm terrified going shopping at the grocery store now. I hate it. Hate it. I've tried to to order pickup and delivery and stuff for two weeks now, and it's just finally, not available. huh? It's just not available. I mean, I I've yeah. tried a bunch of online services and they're all just booked. Yeah, it's it's crazy how a lot like even Amazon like I you can't get the stuff that you need on on Amazon. And I'll tell you something else that's kind of, um, you know, just unusual. Things as simple as if you have kids, like, you know, GameStop's closed, right? So there's no GameStop. So even if you wanted to like, hey, I want to go get some used video games, you know, for for my son, you know, or my daughter, or, you know, you, you can't do that. You have to dial ahead and you have to, and they have the new stuff, but you don't necessarily know what they have in the new. It's just weird little small things like that. That just, that's just, it's a whole, it's a whole new generation. And it is a new normal. Like there, there are, you know, if you want to get super technical and you want to be as, as careful as possible, there are protocols you can follow at the grocery store that make it totally safe. Like yeah. when you're there and when you get home, it's just about doing all those things. Uh, but, you know, I see this overreaction. I see people wearing rubber gloves and face masks and then handling a bunch of food and then touching their eyes with a rubber glove. <laughs> like, that accomplishes nothing, yeah. except yeah. giving you the virus if you happen to grab a meatloaf that had the virus on it. It's, it's, <laughs> you got to be smart. Yeah. There's plenty of information out yeah, there. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, uh, this has been really fun. It's been a great podcast. We're going to be wrapping it up right now. But before we go, I need to give a shout out to one of our listeners. And uh, he's actually um, the father of a really good friend of mine, Dave Hinsey. And it's his father, Jim Hinsey. And he's 
heard all our podcast and he's just a big fan. And so Jim, I want to give you a shout out and hopefully you, you are enjoying the fact that we're podcasting more and uh, there's going to be some more stuff coming down the pipe specifically. Um, Spaces episode. I, I got to tell you the story. I right before the virus, actually a week before, um, I was going to release this, the next episode of Spaces, which I shot in Nashville, and I actually finished this. This it was the first episode of the new season and everything. We finished it, but then we had to tell the API story because that had the big pivot and everything. Um, so it took us a long time to do the API story with the whole fiftieth and the whole thing. So I'm about to release it, and then. Um, Nashville just gets just totaled by the by the tornado, so I've actually had to re-edit it to put some of the Nashville tornado stuff into it, and then <laughs> the coronavirus hits. So it's like, oh my gosh, what is that going to look like? But I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, you need that. to just you need to just release it so the disasters can stop. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, could it be my fault? And the <laughs> I mean, this show was. We had a premiere for the Nashville show um, on, a, on one of the early cuts a year ago. We rented out this big place, and it was, it was a great Nashville. Wasn't it? John was there. Wasn't it a fun yeah, party? It was, it was just a great – it was a premiere. It was a regular premiere for Spaces, and then, uh, and then everything else happened. So anyway, but that, that's, that's actually part of the show too. So anyway, all right, gang. Well, what is that? Quarantini. Someone already did it. Where'd you find that? It says just like a regular martini, but you drink it all alone in your house. There you go. Uh, That's so funny. I know it was too good to be original. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, um, I'm going to start the the end credit music right now. That way it doesn't surprise us. There we go. So it's the opposite of a surprise. So, hey, listen, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at Nowcast Network. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. And uh, we're going to be here every week until this is over. Thanks for you, Joanne. Audio Nowcast sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted right. by Mike Rodriguez <laughs> and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, uh, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Bird. So not good at this. Go get a sandwich. Go get a sandwich during the credits. Hold on one second. We'll see you next time. All right, but if you want to reach us, you can reach us at Audio Nowcast at audio uh, at nowcastnetwork.com. And uh, if you want to join us, boy, did I butcher that. That was like. (laughs) That could not have been worse. That could not have been worse. And you know what? I'm going to leave it all in there because this is live. This is oh, it's super live. <laughs> all right. But listen, if you want to come hang with us uh, on Zoom, I can do up to 100 people. So we'll see. Send me an email at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. And then um, pretty soon we're going to go and we're going to be doing some web. We'll, we'll release this as a webinar so that we can have an audience. So we're just going to have some fun with this whole podcast thing and um we'll just keep going and uh feel free to drop us any hints or tips or or whatever um so for myself and all the guys thanks for listening i'm sorry for the ending and we'll catch you next time and now we'll see you joanne thanks for listening to the audio nowcast sponsored by api and wire world pro audio the Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time. <laughs>